Anyway, we are so excited because we have a uh, just uh, a great couple that's here with us today, and this couple has been longtime missionaries, and it's uh, it's a joy. Uh, they are down in Argentina. Their name is Kim and Sherry Babcock. They have uh, ministered in, in the state of Michigan, been youth pastors in Ludington, and they've been uh, lead pastors up in the in the Upper Peninsula, and they are been on the mission field for over 14 years now in Argentina, and currently they're working most specifically with uh, students, all right? Teenagers ages 12 to 18 specifically, helping them to come to an understanding of God's place. God's place, all right, that he has for them in their life and the power of God being manifest and working through them. And uh, I, I'm excited about what they have to share with us today as far as a congregation and about what God is doing through them. But they've also got a word for us. So could you welcome Kim and Sherry Babcock to this uh, platform? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Wally. I won't give you the traditional Argentine kiss on the cheek there. I usually have to do that with pastors in Argentina. Uh, we really love your pastors. We love the new look at Central Assembly. This is amazing. It means that God is doing great things in Muskegon, doesn't it? Amen. Some of you believe it. Some of you don't. God is doing great things in Muskegon. Is that right? Yeah, amen. Yeah, good things are happening. And and there's a great expectation of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in these last days. We are we are working with teen teenagers, as Pastor Wally uh, said. Uh, God has a sense of humor. We pastored in the UP in a, in a town of 2,000 people. Now I live in a city of 15 million, about twice the size of Chicago. And uh, we work with a uh, very interesting city. Uh, it's very postmodern. So Jesus is relevant to the world today. He's relevant to your life. If you're a first-time visitor, if you've been forever in the church, the church is, is a continual, moving, growing body of Christ. It doesn't remain still. It moves forward. And so um, we have a couple of details on a screen up here. 550 million. What does that mean? There are still 550 million people in Latin America that do, do not know Jesus Christ. Um, I know a lot of people are focusing mission efforts into the Muslim world and, and, and overseas. We believe in that, too. We're raising up teenagers that are going into those parts of the world right now. And, and God's doing amazing things. So we, we just have a word for you guys this morning. We believe that God uh, wants to do great things right here in Central. Amen. And so we're hoping that as we share with you this morning uh, that the Holy Spirit moves on your heart and that you really receive something fresh from God today because God is alive and he's real. I love to tell people when we stand in a pulpit, you know, you're a part of a massive family. It is incredible. My, my son-in-law and daughter are both youth, youth pastors and young adult pastors in, 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 in Buenos Aires in a church of about 2,000 people. And they're over about maybe 400 people in, in their, their area. And, 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 and I just love the fact that just an hour, they're an hour ahead of us, okay? So it's, uh, what is it right now? What time is it right now? Uh, 10.35? It's 11.35 there. So in this time zone right here, in, in the eastern time zone that we're in, how many people are worshiping Jesus? I love to think about that. You're a part of that family. So you're not by yourself. You're not alone. You're a part of a massive family. And I can't wait till the day when we're outside of this building and we're gathered around the throne of Jesus and we're all worshiping, you know, and there's no, there's no separation or no division. In my family, I have an Argentine son-in-law. I have an African-American uh, daughter-in-law, my, my son and, and uh, my son's Chilean, and, and he's married and lives in Detroit area. 
I have a Chilean daughter-in-law. I'm just at, I'm just waiting for my other daughter to marry an Asian, and we're going to be totally, you know, the the United Nations. So we are really. Uh, I love I love the cross-cultural things that God does because that's who we are. The body of Christ is cult- cross-cultural, and it is amazing what He wants to do today. So what does it mean for the other five? One out of every six people in Latin America, Central America, South America, know Jesus. One. So we're working for those other five. And so anything that you give to keep us on the field, you also are helping going after the other five. Up in the corner there, it says, be super, so, uh, supernatural, and that, it's sobrenatural in, in Spanish. If we lapse into Spanish, forgive us. This is only our second time preaching in English, and sometimes we just can't remember the right words. So, be supernatural. This is a book that's coming out. It's full of activations for teenagers, kids, adults, and it has lots and lots of testimonies of kids that have actually done the things that we're encouraging our readers to do, like hear God, um, uh, walk in the spirit, bring heaven to earth, um, change your mood. There's all kinds of stuff. There's 40 different activations, and that will be uh, available in two weeks on Amazon. Okay, so before we start uh, during worship, I felt like the Lord told me there were there's a few of you in here that have a real sharp pain right here in the cintura, um, in your waist. And if that's you and you don't want to sit through the whole service with that pain, can you just stand up? Yeah, there's nothing to be ashamed about. We just want to get rid of this pain, right? Okay. Now, if you are close to somebody that's standing up and you really believe that Jesus does not want them to sit through the whole service in pain, and you believe that your Jesus is big enough to do something about it, and that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, because Jesus never told somebody that came to him for healing. He never said, eh, not you. I'm going to teach you something. You just stay in pain for a while. He never did it. I never, I cannot find that in the Bible. Yeah, come on. He always healed every, and when the one person that said, are you willing to heal me? He said, yes, and he healed him. So we're going to pray for you, and if you're close to somebody like that, can you just put your hands on them, and your faith is going to help them, Yeah. Because Jesus is so good, and his dad's name is healing, Jehovah Rapha. If you're going to pray, pray pray 15 seconds. Pray quietly. Just pray 15 seconds over them. Okay, we're just going to run the clock here, 15 seconds. Jesus, we just thank you that you're just ministering right now to these people right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for your grace, for your goodness. In Jesus' name. Okay. Was there any change? Ask them if there was any change in their body. Real quickly, just ask them if there was any change. Move around, try it out. Okay, if there wasn't, I want you to pray again. If there wasn't, pray again. Praise God. Okay, it looks like everybody's getting results. Good. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can pray again. You can pray again if you need to pray again. We're We're in no hurry. Praise God. Good, good. Can you imagine that happening on the streets of a city of 15 million and all over Argentina with teenagers receiving words of the Lord. We're going to show, share, we, you can keep praying, guys. We're going to show a quick video right now of, of the ministry of what, what's going on in Argentina. We have the privilege to, of working with a generation that many have called an orphan generation. 
we have found out as this generation finds their identity as sons and daughters of God. Adolescentes que sus familias no se congregaban llegaron y sus familias fueron alcanzadas por la gloria de Jesús. El ministerio transformó y restauró las familias de mi iglesia y llevó a que los chicos puedan descubrir su identidad. Nothing is impossible for them as they begin to walk in their divine destiny as children of the Lord. Este ministerio los hace desarrollarse primeramente en su identidad como hijos de Dios y luego los hace sentirse útiles para Dios. And we teach them that once they accept Jesus as their savior, they have entered into a supernatural family with a supernatural father that wants to share power with them over sin, over sickness. And we're watching these kids walk in their inheritance. Y fue muy loco saber que Jesús quiere que yo sea como él, entonces esto es lo que el ministerio me marcó a mí, en que yo puedo ser como Jesús. Me mostró que tengo una identidad, que soy hija, que soy amada y que sin importar mi pasado o las heridas en mi corazón, él podía hacerlo todo nuevo. It's amazing what God can do as these kids find out their identity in Jesus. Some of them are called now to go to France, other parts of Europe, Northern Africa, Muslim countries. You are a great part of that church and we are so thankful for you standing with us and believing with us for this generation. Es impresionante como cuando un adolescente entiende lo que Dios puede hacer a través de él, contagia incluso a toda la iglesia a experimentar a este Dios vivo. No es una generación que se está perdiendo, sino que es una generación que está conquistando a su misma generación. Thank you so much and please continue working with us. We need your help in order to get back and finish the job that the Lord has for us to do. God bless you guys and have a great day. That was just one little segment, one little group of people that, uh, of, of the representation of King's Castle around Argentina. This morning we're going to share three stories with you of three different people. But first we want to read a scripture. Okay, Acts 2. 17 and 18, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters, they will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Is everybody here? Is everybody here a person? <laughs> no aliens, right? then you are a candidate for the greatest outpouring in the history of the world. And it doesn't matter your age, your gender, or your economic status. The Holy Spirit wants to use every one of us and give us adventures every single day. We're going to first tell you the story about Gaston. Gaston was born in the province of Misiones. It's right up on the border of Brazil. It's in the far northeast corner of Argentina. When, when his dad found out the mom, his mom was pregnant, he crossed the border, went into Paraguay. There's actually Paraguay, Brazil, and Argentina all come together right there and abandoned her. So Gaston was raised in a home with no father figure. He came back to visit, you know, his, his uh, abandoned wife when Gaston was about 13 years old. Spent about 10 or 15 minutes there at the house. Didn't even acknowledge that he existed. That was Gaston's childhood. That was his upbringing. So when he came to Castle, when he came to us, uh, let's say 
he didn't ha- I was raised in a family of construction workers. So let's say he didn't have the same background that I had. He didn't have the same, you know, like toughness or whatever. He, he was, he, he, because he was raised in a house full of ladies. And thank God that his mom, uh, when he was seven years old, his mom really had a major problem with men. And so when he was seven years old, I guess he misplaced the scissors. And so his mom kicked him out of the house for misplacing the scissors. He was out on the street at seven years old. His sister went and found him, brought him back in, but he was kicked out various times. And you can imagine the insecurity of growing up, never knowing when your mom's going to go off on you and throw you out of the house. When he was 18 years old, she kicked him out for the last time. She said, now you're an adult, go do your stuff. And so this kid, who was still in school at the time, on his 18th birthday, when all the other male children at 18, it's like the big thing in Latin America, the 18th birthday for the for the for the um, male children, he was kicked out of his house. Thank God he was in a good church, and one of the grandmas in the church pulled him in. And um, his pastor called us up and said, "I really think Gaston is a candidate for your school." And we have a school, it's kind of like a master's commission, it's a live-in school for 10 months where the kids are taught the Bible, they're taught how to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils, and they're taught how to clean the room. So we want them to raise the dead in the morning and do dishes in the evening because we figure that's a good character builder, right? How many moms say amen to that? <laughs> it was amazing. They would go back on vacation and one of them would make their bed and the mom almost fainted. It was just, it was, it was really cool. We had a lot of good stories. But so Gaston, he came to our school. But, you know, he came to our school with all these hurts, with all these wounds in his heart. And during one of the sessions, we had a a speaker come in, and he began to talk about identity, that we were sons and daughters of God. And he said, the Lord gave him a word of the Lord, and he said, Gaston, he said, how do you see yourself? Gaston dropped his head, and he said, I'm no good. I'm I'm useless. I'm ugly. What was the other one? I'm useless. I'm ugly. And I'm and nobody wants me. And so the the um, speaker went over to him and he said, "Okay, Gaston." And he had him stand up. He said, first of all, we're just going to laugh at the enemy for these stupid lies that he has been pushing on you all this time. And he told the class, he goes, okay, let's just laugh at the enemy, you know, that he's useless. That's just a joke. The enemy, you're, and they begin to laugh. As they begin to laugh, now remember, Gaston, at this point, he's crying. But as they begin to laugh at the lies, something starts to break up on the inside of him. And hope starts to come in. And Rich, the leader, he said, okay, Gaston, now I want you to speak the truth. I want you to speak, I can, I'm good looking, and I'm important. Gaston could barely get the words out, choked him out the first time, and Rich said, okay, now do it again. He said, I can, I'm good looking, I'm important. He said, okay, now say it again. And, you know, every time Gaston said that, the power of the Holy Spirit filled the room even more. And every one of his classmates were crying with him. And they were just, there was so much of the Holy Spirit as he spoke the truth over his life and began to believe those, the truth, the Holy Spirit just just confirmed it. And all of his classmates ended up around him, hugging him. It was so, it was a turning point in his life. 
this year we've asked him to be on our castle staff, which means he does a lot of traveling, does a lot of ministry, and he is ministering to kids that were as broken as he was. And he is seeing incredible results. He's going into uh, the slum area with a bunch of kids that are just, they're terrors. And, and he goes in there, and some of them are waiting for him with their notebooks because they want to hear what he has to say. Gaston is walking into his destiny. We live, our ministry center is two blocks from a project, government project. There's about seven, 8,000 people that live in that project. And we have been going in there. When we first took the ministry, every one of our staff members was held up, robbed, beaten up, whatever. And we just decided we got to take the streets back for Jesus. And I have to say that my brave wife really decided that before me. And started walking and praying and really interceding for the city. And now those kids are waiting to hear the gospel in the same Drug addicts, the same people that are running the drugs are saying, we want you to minister to our kids because they don't want their kids to be in the same place they are. They actually protect us when we're in there. They, they do not want anything to happen to us. Why? Gaston, this kid who didn't have a dad, now is leading many of those kids in that barrio. I love it. I one day we were building uh, soundproofing things for the walls in one of our rooms there, and I had a little finish nailer, you know, a little hooked up to a compressor, and I'm nailing these things together, and Gaston's sitting there watching me. And maybe this means nothing to you, but here's a, a guy who never had a dad. And I hand Gaston the nailer, and he looks at me like I handed him the football, you know, to blow up the world, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and, I, and he looked at me, and I said, yeah, you can do this. You know, just keep your fingers away from this edge right here. You can nail it. You can do this. And he started nailing this thing together. And I realized just the little things that meant maybe nothing to me, how they began to transform Gaston's life. You know, as we're, you guys are listening to these stories, maybe you're the Gaston or maybe you're the person who has so much to offer to the Gaston, you know, that you think, what do I have to give? Just a little bit of love, just a little bit of acceptance, just a little bit of affirmation in, a, in helping them to find their identity. Whoever the person is, we live in an orphan society here in America, too. People who need parents, people who need just a hug, just a, a handshake, just a little bit of affirmation. It can go a very long ways when we do that. Our next story is about, about Malena. When Malena was... Nine years old, her father was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And as long as he was on his medication, he was fine. But then he, well, he would be doing fine, so he would go off the medication, and then he would start to just vacillate and hear things. And uh, when she was 12 years old, he threw himself in front of a train. Now, Malena, you can imagine going into your teenage years, feeling the ultimate rejection from her father, because, of course, you know, the enemy always tells kids it's their fault. But what happened? She really, at that point, she had just entered uh, the King's Castle group, which is like a youth group of special forces where, where they're trained to evangelize, they're trained to have in a real strong discipleship program. And those kids in her, in her group, they just surrounded her with love, compassion. They kept her going. And she, throughout her, all of her teenage years, she stayed strong in, in this youth group. 
Well, now she's on our staff. When she was 18 years old, she joined our staff to minister to others. And I remember the first time we were in a church, and I said, Melina, will you share your testimony? Are you comfortable with that? She says, oh, sure. So she got up, and she told you just what I told you. And she said, now, don't feel sorry for me because God is my father. And she said, I am not a victim. I am an overcomer. And I cried. I said, yes. Because there are so many in this generation that Satan has lied to them and said, you're a victim and you can't do this. And that's a lie because with the Holy Spirit inside of them, they can do anything. And this gal, and since she has joined our team, we have people have come out of the woodworks that have had suffered through the same type of thing. Either a, a family member has committed suicide or someone close to them. And she's able to say to them, you know what? You can go on. You are powerful. This does not need to cripple you. And we are seeing her minister to people all over the place. She is just an incredible girl. She's 19 now, and she's an overcomer. 19 or 20, we're getting old. We can't remember all these uh, details of how old these people. But you know what? As Sherry's sharing that, nobody in this room is a victim. You are not a victim. You're an overcomer because Jesus died for you. You can get through whatever you're facing. You know, God is not a respecter of persons. You guys are mighty people. All your decisions are mighty that you take, either for the negative or for the positive. You know, so God is in, in, in charge. He loves you. Melena, I'll tell you what, she is a confident 19-year-old that does amazing things in the kingdom. We want to share our next story is about Mario. Mario is, is in the IBRP, the uh, Instituto Biblico Rio de la Plata, the Bible Institute uh, in, in Buenos Aires. I think he's in his third year. And uh, I just reconnected with Mario. I didn't even, you know, we have so many, we have several thousand kids that are in this ministry. And uh, he said, Kim, I used to be in Castle. I go, really? I said, I had no idea. And he said, yeah. He said, you know, I was going through a, a season in my life, and my son-in-law happened to come to minister that, that particular day. And he said, I was standing at the altar, and I was going, I don't even know if I believe in God. I don't even know if God exists. I don't even know if he's real. The same thing that tons of people are facing around the world. Ready to walk away from everything. And he said, you know what, God, if I just had the hug from a father, your hug to me, I would believe in you again. Well, I don't know whether the Holy Spirit prompted me because I don't remember this or my wife prompted me because, you know, guys, if you're married, if you can't hear the Holy Spirit, you always, has, you always have your wife, you know, that will prompt you also. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Praise God. Amen. How many can say, yeah, right. Okay. So, so he said, Kim, I was in this meeting and I, I said this to the Lord, if you're real, I need a hug. And I turned around, and you were standing there, and you gave me a hug. I go, Marty, I have to say, I don't even remember this. But he said, you gave me a hug. And, and I felt the hug, the love of the Lord, flow into my life, and it transformed me. See, so many of you are sitting here in this room, and you go like, what do I have to give to God? You've got just, if you just got a hug left in you, you know what I mean? Well, maybe you need a hug. Well, give about 100 of them away first. You know what I'm saying? Seriously, because you're not a victim. You're an overcomer. Mario is finishing his third year at the Bible Institute to enter the ministry. And I go, I can't even believe this kid was there. 
you know, at that particular point in his life. Now he's a vibrant, alive. I, I, I'm, I'm away from the ministry right now. This kid is great with his hands. He said, Kim, anything you need for me to do. He's an amazing welder, fabricator, as well as being going to the Bible school. He goes, I will help you out. I go, wow. I go, like, you know, I love you, Mario. Come on. And he's a great, great guy. Anyways, just to sh just three short stories about lives that are changed. Just people just like you. And how God wants to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Because when that Holy Spirit gets poured out upon us, it's not for us to sit in this building and dance and, and yell and have a great time and never leave the doors. It's for us to get outside the walls of this church and bring the power of Jesus wherever we walk. Walmart, uh, Myers, you know, the grocery store, your place of employment, that it is invaded by the love of God because it invaded your heart. Let's go to our next slide here. In the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, says God. In 1 Corinthians 6, uh, 3.16 reminds us, do you not know that you're the temple of God? And the Spirit of God lives in you. The only way the Lord can go to the supermarket is when you go. The Lord loves to go to the supermarket. You know why? Because there's people in the supermarket that will never come here until they have a connection with the Lord that you are carrying. Before you go to the supermarket, I want to just challenge you to say, Hey, Holy, Holy Spirit, live big in me. And help me to see the opportunities. And just love on people. Just love on them so that they can't wait till you come back to the supermarket. Especially those workers. When you go to a restaurant, be the sweetest person to your server. You make them want you to come back. Not just because you tip well, but because you're so sweet and encouraging. And then say, when they're doing something, say, Holy Spirit, you got a word for them? Got a word, Holy Spirit? And then I want to encourage you to cross the chicken line. What's that? You guys know what the cross of the chicken line is? That's, you're comfortable in your comfort zone, but when you cross that chicken line, then you're walking on the water with Jesus. And the Lord told me one time, he said, there's a lot more power on the other side of the chicken line. Because he wants to touch people. So one of the things that we, one of our, our, our goals is to get these kids baptized in the Holy Spirit because that's the door to all the other gifts. You know, when you pray in the Spirit, you have this code language between you and God that the enemy can't interrupt. Because when I say, Lord, pray for Brother Al, Lord, I pray that you're going to heal him from cancer. Immediately, I go, he's not going to get healed from cancer. Remember, so-and-so died with cancer. I mean, immediately, it's in your head. But when I say, the devil's like, oh, shoot, I don't even know what she's talking about. How can I mess that prayer up? Right? And when I'm praying in the Spirit, Romans says that I'm praying a perfect prayer, and the Holy Spirit is searching God's mind on the subject. He's praying through me the answer, and he's setting up my day. He's fixing things for people that I love. He's setting up all kinds of things. And the more I pray in the Spirit, the more I walk in the supernatural. Because it's all about getting out there and raising and, and and rescuing people, right? That's right. 
So those of you who do not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, before you leave this room, we're trusting that God is going to pour out his spirit over you. It's not because of the speaker or the pastor or the who's at the platform. It's because Jesus wants to give you that gift. It's plain and simple. And why does he want to give it to you? Because he wants to equip you to be a light in a dark world. Not so you can just say, yeah, I got my badge. Baptism of the Holy Spirit right there it is. Yep. I speak in tongues. No, no, it, it is not for that. It is for you to be a powerful lighthouse wherever you go. So as we're, as we're, as we're continuing on, I mean, God could baptize you in the Holy Spirit right now. That's fine with me. You know, you don't have to wait till the end of the service. He can do it anytime he wants because God is good and he cares about his kids. What does the Bible say? If we ask for the Holy Spirit, he's going to give it to us. Why? Because if one of my kids asks for a piece of bread, am I going to give him a stone? No. I'm going to give him what he asked for, right? And sometimes we think God is mad at us. He's not mad at us. He loves us. He cares about us. He desires to give us good things. Do you guys believe that this morning? Amen? Yeah, go to the next slide real quickly. Which of, you, uh, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will you give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? There it is, written. That means he wants to do it. If it's in the book, he wants to do it today. It isn't history. It's today. It's for now. Isn't that good? That's good stuff. God is good. He is alive. He is real. And he wants to break through in your heart. So why doesn't everybody get the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I was praying about that. And the Holy Spirit, he talked to me. And he said, Sherry, the, here's, there's a few reasons why. And the first one is they haven't been taught. I came out of a church that said that speaking in tongues was of the devil. And then my dad got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Oh, no, he's going to the devil. I was so worried. I was 11 years old at the time. But then I saw he acted more like Jesus than the rest of us. It's like, how could that not be of God when it helps him to act like Jesus? So I began to, I'd go out in the woods and say, Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And I'd wait for the, and nothing would happen. And I'd walk in, I'd say, God loves you more than me because he won't give me the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And my poor father, he had no teaching at all. He couldn't help me. He just kept saying, honey, I just know that if you're hungry and thirsty, the Lord's going to give it to you. Four years until finally I got some instruction on how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I got this little book, and it said, step one, ask for it. Okay, Lord Jesus, I ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Step two, thank him for it. Thank you for giving me the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Step three, you're going to hear some words just begin to speak in faith. Okay. And suddenly, out of my innermost being, flowed a river of living waters. Now, everybody's a little different, but you all have to open your mouth. <laughs> and nobody taught me that. So we're teaching kids all over that you can do this. So sometimes they haven't been taught. Other times, if we're holding unforgiveness in our heart, I remember a little girl one time, she wanted it so bad. And everybody else left, and she was in the back row. And our gal, Katja, she said, Sally, why are you still here? Because I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I can't get it. And she said, word of knowledge, honey, do you need to forgive somebody? Yeah. So she forgave her mom for beating her for going to church. 
I mean, you know, say, wow, she deserved to forget, not, you know, but no, Holy Spirit doesn't want any unforgiveness because that, that hurts us, not the person. So she forgave her mom. She forgave her youth leader because sometimes he was so busy he would just do games and not give him any spiritual um, food. And she said, I have to know, I have to have some spiritual food because I can't live in my house otherwise. She forgave him. And as she forgave them, suddenly she began to pray in the Holy Spirit. And she just had an incredible encounter with Jesus. So sometimes we just, and you know what? If you have unforgiveness, it's no big deal. Just say, Lord, I just forgive the person. If you got a problem with a sin that, that you wanted to hold on to, say, okay, God, here you go. Forgive me. Boom, and you're ready. You're a candidate. And number three, you're believing a lie of the enemy. Go to the next um, one because Milagros was believing a lie. She believed she was, she was 14 years old, and she felt like, the enemy kept telling her, no, you're too young. You're not old enough. you got to be a lot more mature to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then, just after her 15th birthday, some of our kids came and they said, no, that's a lie of the enemy. Jesus wants to give it to everybody. I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. You're a daughter. It, it works. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And she just began to flow in the Holy Spirit. So she went home, and her mom had this problem with, with fainting. They, they can't, couldn't figure out what the problem was. And when she would faint, she would stop breathing. Okay? And her mom was kind of a bigger lady. So, so Milagros, all of a sudden, her mom fainted, stopped breathing, and her, and her dad's yelling, get the smelling salts, get the smelling salts. And the Holy Spirit spoke to Milagros. Now, she's only had the baptism like three days now. He spoke and said, pray in tongues. Okay, so she, she couldn't pick up her mom, but she could only pick up the head. So she grabbed the head and pulled it up next to her heart, and she began to pray in tongues. And usually when her mom would come out of these things, she'd be very disoriented. She wouldn't know where she was. And, and at that moment, the mom woke up, and she said, Oh, Mealy, I feel like I'm being hugged all over. And then, and then, so she sat her up, and then she said, oh, but my knee, my knee. And she, what had happened is when she had fallen, she had banged her knee, really, and, and the knee was already starting to swell. There was a big bump. And, and in that moment, the Holy Spirit said to Mili, pray in tongues over her knee. So she did. And remember, she's just 15. She's learning. Put her hand on her hand, and she began to pray in the Holy Spirit. And the bump went down under her hand. And she said, oh, Sherry, I love this Holy Spirit stuff. I just love it. This is so much fun. And so she was waiting on God, and God gave her something to write down. And so she started to write it down. And she said, Lord, who is this for? And the Holy Spirit showed her this woman right here. So she put it in an envelope, and I don't even know who this lady is. I don't know if she was a neighbor or in the church. I never got the rest of the story. I just know that she gave this to the woman, and when the woman read it, she was so blessed by this word of the Lord that she said, Mealy, I want, I want a picture with you. And they got a picture, and that's how I got this picture right here. So there are lies of the enemy that say, well, you haven't been saved long enough. Or, well, you don't have the gift of tongues. Well, I don't have the gift of tongues either, but I pray in the Spirit all the time because I do have the promise of the Holy Spirit, which is for everyone, where the gift of tongues is just a gift that you use in conjunction with interpretation. That's a whole thing to edify the church. But I'm talking about something that's for everybody. And the only way that you won't receive it is if you don't want it or if you're believing a lie.
we have you guys stand. Wow. Okay. Sherry's just reminded me of a story. I, she's a better detail person than I am. Gaston, the same young man, and David, they went to the train station. They were just asking the Holy Spirit to use them. Got to understand, we live in this massive city. And uh, they started talking to a guy. said, I don't believe anything you're saying. I'm an atheist. I don't believe there is a God. And so one of them just wanted to start to debate and argue. He just wanted to start, you know, going back and forth. And, and they just waited on the Lord. One, God, David just waited on the Lord. And the Lord said, there's a problem with his right wrist. And he said, do you have a problem with your right wrist? He goes, yeah, how did you know that? Because he said, God just told me that. And he said, can I pray for you? Well, you, he doesn't believe in God, right? Pray for him. Guy had suffered five years with carpal tunnel in his right arm. And he gets instantly healed at the train station. What is this power of the Holy Spirit for, guys? It's to, it's to, it's to fill this building up with people that need Jesus. It's to fill the parking lot up. To fill the, you know, the the whatever. You guys have a hockey team here, right? To to fill to fill the hockey arena up with people who need Jesus. You know, just longing to know the Lord. But it's more than an event. You know, church isn't just an event. It is it is a lifestyle. It is the presence of God here. This morning, maybe you can identify with Gaston. Maybe you never had a dad. Or maybe you had a dad, but you had a terrible relationship with your father. Jesus wants you to know you're a son or a daughter of God this morning. He loves you. He accepts you. You're not a second-rate citizen. You're not a, just a, a, the, uh, the, the stepchild. God doesn't have stepchildren. He has kids, and you're all his kids. Maybe you're one of the other people, Melena. Whoever you are this morning, Jesus wants to do something awesome in your life. I'm moving a little slow here because I'm just listening to the Holy Spirit. So just give me just a second. Just give me just a second. I kind of have a word for the older crowd that's here, 55 and above. God's not done with you guys. You're supposed to be parents to whole hundreds of people. Hundreds of people. No, you're not going to sit and just go out on your boat and go fishing. You're not just going to go on vacation. You have a job to do. You have a big job to do. You're not just breathing and taking up oxygen on the planet. God has called you to do amazing things in this part of your life. If you're offended by that, I don't know why. But if you were offended by that, praise God. I, I, I want to offend your flesh to bring you into your spiritual inheritance. Because God has some really important things for you to do. Maybe you feel like you have no energy, no strength. He's going to pour his spirit out over you in this season of your life to reach hundreds and hundreds of people for Jesus that just need a hug, that just need somebody to look them in the eye and tell them they're important. You are not here by accident. You're just not finishing out your life. There's something really important for you. Those of you who are in the younger generation, there's just a few of you in here. 
I'm talking about teenagers. God has some really important things coming up for you. We want to see you move into that. This church believes in you. Pastor Wally and Val, they believe in you. They believe, they believe in this community. They believe in what God wants to do here. Central Assembly has not seen its greatest days. Its greatest days are coming. I believe that because this outpouring of the Holy Spirit is coming up upon all flesh. Last week we had two free Methodist people get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hungry for Jesus. Guess what? If you're not hungry, you won't eat. Or if you eat, you just eat anything. Because you're just eating out of habit. But if you're spiritually hungry this morning, Jesus has some amazing things for you. Amazing things. Pastor Wally, we love you guys. We appreciate you.